everyone, welcome to Heart's Happiness Podcast. The place where I, Manpreet, share my journey of healing intergenerational family trauma to help you to understand your story. I share a bunch of tools and tips that will transform your mental health and allow you to find your own heart's happiness. So exciting, right? Each episode will cover one of three areas. One, raising awareness of what this trauma actually is and how it hides in our lives. Two, tools, tips, support, lots of different things that I've used to get better and heal from this trauma. And three, I'll be connecting you with so many specialists and therapists and coaches as guests on my show. So we are going to transform your mental health and empower you to take your healing by the hands and move forward. Hello everyone, welcome back. We are continuing the conversation around Mental Health Awareness Month and loneliness by talking about numbing our loneliness. In this episode, we're talking about numbing with alcohol, but for you guys, it could be whatever your vice is. And my lovely fellow coach, Sarah, is coming on a drink recovery coach. So I'm looking forward to introducing her in a moment. Something Sarah said so beautifully in this episode that really kept coming back in my head was how find someone on your journey with however you want to grow or change that's just a few steps ahead of you. And I thought that was just so interesting as I'm hiring people at the moment to support me in the areas of growth that I have, which is like business or you know things to do with my own personal goals. And I was thinking about this community and how that's exactly what we're doing here. I am myself, somebody that's experienced trauma and had a childhood that was maybe adverse or um, had complex PTSD or still suffer with it. And I am a few steps ahead in terms of my own recovery and how I'm being able to move through it and not let it define me and not let the childhood I have um, give me my final story. And if this is something that you struggle with, that feeling of I'm broken and you know I'm never going to be able to be happy, I'm never going to be able to get what I want in life, it's because of you know, I'm just not good enough. If that is you, please reach out because that is, I want to support you one-to-one work or whether you're doing one of my courses or whatever it is, drop me a DM because there is a way through to grow your self-worth so you're able to have a healthier relationship with yourself, with your family, with your partner and also attracting what you want into your life. Because I really think that trauma just sort of squishes that feeling of worthiness because we don't have that self-esteem from such a young age so please reach out i'm going to pop the details in if you want to contact me okay we're going to speak to sarah now welcome sarah to the podcast i'm so so excited to have you here um did you want to explain to everyone who you are and what it is that you do yes i'm sarah williamson um my business is drink less live better and guess what i'm a coach helping people to drink less and live better Amazing. And that's because you actually do that yourself as well, right? That is exactly (laughs) what I do. Yeah. Um, I was somebody who um, drank for all of the reasons to drink. You know, I grew up, um, went to university during that um, Ladette culture, you know, in the 90s, where there was lots of conversation around, you know, drinking the boys under the table and keeping up with everybody else um, and alcohol played a really significant part in my life from my teens right through until I was nearly 40 um, and it was at that point you know that I decided I had to make a, a decision for myself um, and expected it to be easy I expected to think oh you know I'm just gonna stop stop drinking one day 
I'd had a little Google of where's my nearest AA meeting and Googled, you know, how am I going to stop and, and just thought that I'd be able to and didn't realise that it was going to be difficult. So it's what I help other people do now. It is really difficult because I've been trying to kick it in for quite some time. Um, so I'm going to definitely ask you some more questions about your personal story because I just love hearing about people's own personal transformation and it always leads them into the work they're doing like you are. but as you know so this month is mental health awareness month and I just um, I loved what you said the other day I know it was your in-laws that said it but I loved that comment that they made about you know people what we did to survive the pandemic like whether it was what did he say it was like an American saying like drink yeah (laughs) you either came out of the pandemic pandemic a hunk drunk or chunk (laughs) so you'd either hit the gym hit the bottle or um hit the hunk drunk or or hit, hit the chocolate yeah <laughs> exactly well I think everybody can relate to that because um I was fine lockdown one and two lockdown three destroyed me a little bit um and I'm definitely still trying to get rid of some of that chunk um but like um and that's the thing so many people were coping with being isolated through booze um why do you think that is I think that um booze is one of those um go-to tools that for a start it's socially acceptable you know nobody is going to give you a massive raised eyebrow like they might do if you said oh I'm just slipping into a bit of a crack cocaine habit um you know to help me through this (laughs) I'm just going to take a line of coke during the work day just to get through this day because it's really grim yeah but weren't there all those you know pictures of people pretending that you know how to pimp your tea mug and put a tea bag out of um tag out the side of it and pretend that you're drinking tea when really you're drinking wine you know is it acceptable to drink wine during the work day if it's after two o'clock or whatever it was I think people were so it it was such a strange time in our lives of course we've never had anything like it before and I think um booze is tied up in that um same same place often with with overeating where we're looking for something to to um address an emotional need that we've got something where we're trying to suppress these really uncomfortable feelings that come up for us Mm. um you know how easy is it to open a bottle of wine of an evening because you are feeling overwhelmed stressed harassed whatever your personal feeling is and this you know drinking this wine is actually just going to take the edge off all of that um so people who might have been drinking in a way of you know mostly drinking at the weekend suddenly found themselves drinking more and more throughout the week they were dealing with a completely disrupted work pattern probably having a partner at home as well where you hadn't been used to living like that (laughs) potentially homeschooling your kids worrying about how and where you were going to get your shopping who else in your family was vulnerable did you have parents or neighbors to look out for there was a lot going on and nobody should be in any way shape or form beating themselves up about the way that they chose to get themselves through that that time period it was Mm. hard there's no yeah exactly we were just in survival mode weren't we and you know um the pandemic it is a list of the biggest traumas that you can experience in life you know there's so many people that wouldn't have had that in our life their lifetimes but we did and it did like we I I remember just even myself just going through those emotions of that uncertainty of how long are we going to be locked down for when will I get to see my mom or you know um 
I'm going a bit like for me, I found the first bit really hard because it was like me one to one with my job. And that is all I did. And I realized how much I didn't like it. And, you know, like people just people were having a drink because they started to realize these things about their lives that have always been there. But now it's all slowed down and we can see it all. And even, I guess, our relationships with our partners or how much we don't even like our kids, you know, yeah absolutely yeah and and I think all of that time that suddenly we were inside our houses and looking around you know what you know of course you know didn't people but apparently people baked all of this amazing soda bread that was not me um but you know cakes and all of this kind of comfort eating that we were doing and and I think it's really easy to get into those kinds of patterns that then become habits and really easy to not want to, not choose to look at what it's all about. And so with the example of loneliness, you know, it's really possible to live in a house full of other people and let's not forget there are other people that hopefully you love and you want to be with. You can feel really lonely living with other people really mm. isolated um and and i think it's one of those things for me um when i first was thinking around my my habits about my my drinking before i gave up um i really was wondering about the isolation that that i had got into i was not recognizing the feeling that i was drinking to escape from um and it was really unattractive, or I felt it was really unattractive to say out loud, I'm lonely mm. and isolated. I thought that my friends and my family would not take me seriously if I mm. said something like that. I thought that they would say things like, don't be ridiculous. You've got a big circle of friends. Why are you talking about being lonely? We always go out together on a Friday night. You, It... It was stuff I didn't want to say out loud because I was worried about the reaction from other people. Sure. Yeah, because loneliness, like like you said, we can feel lo- like deep loneliness in a room full of people. I think that's a very human kind of experience. Your life's changing. And I know that when I've had changes in my life, um, I felt so lonely in it. I felt too ashamed to express it. So many of us like keep that in and then use something like alcohol to kind of manage that emotion. But really the thing that actually makes us feel less lonely is when we take our mask off and we express ourselves to people that we feel safe with, obviously. But that's what can make that loneliness go away. But I feel like as a society, we've got things like social media and things that's telling us to put our big best face forward, literally, um, that that can be so lonely to do that because we're all human and we're so freaking imperfect if we just all admitted it it'd be much easier <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and I think that whole you're so right about being in a massive room full of people I think um for me you know years ago I would have described myself and been described by other people as extrovert and the life and soul of the party and first on the dance floor and you know, first to the bar, all all of that stuff. And it's only through a long period of personal growth and a bit of introspection that I've become comfortable and happy to say, actually, no, that that's not me. I, I actually am introvert. I really get a lot 
more energy from spending some time doing the things I want to do by myself and not in big you know I find big rooms of people draining and hey perhaps that's why I drank in yeah that's certainly why I've been drinking a lot of my life yeah because it's hard work it's exhausting if that isn't the stuff that the authentic version of you really enjoys Mm. um but it feels like a bit of a it feels like a stepping into a slightly new improved version of myself and I got to bring other people along with me because you know funnily enough somebody gave me um, uh, some uh, a gift this weekend and in it said lovely words about Sarah the name Sarah and it talked about the meaning of Sarah and one of the things it said was life and soul of the party and I thought oh yeah you know years ago I'd have been nodding along going yeah yeah agree agree and actually in that moment this weekend I was like nah it's not me not me anymore you know I'm life and soul of my own party (laughs) not everybody else's though (laughs) yeah sure I'm gonna go (laughs) because this isn't fun for me no it's so it's so and the thing is as well like um being the life of the soul of the party is so much more socially acceptable than doing a creative thing at home and re-energizing quietly without alcohol yeah definitely yeah and that's the thing I think that can make us feel so lonely isn't it just being pretending to be someone we're not (laughs) yeah yeah totally yeah and I think if you've had other people uh you've taken a lot other people along on your ride of this is who I am so you know the the life and soul of the party person before now I've actually got to take responsibility for doing some of the work to bring them into who I am now um because it's not only different for us when we make a a conscious change it's sometimes difficult for the people around us you know friends and family they've got to take a while to get used to it Mm. um three years ago I think it would have been 90% of my birthday cards were of the variety you know cheers fizz you know let's pop the champagne corks one prosecco two prosecco three prosecco floor type type of cards two years ago it was about 50 50 even though I hadn't been drinking for a long (laughs) time before that and then this year all of my birthday cards apart from one were non-alcohol related and I was like oh yeah even though I haven't drunk since 2019 it's it's taken until 2022 (laughs) to bring everybody else along to the idea well almost everyone (laughs) for that yeah gosh I can I'll have to ask you some questions but that's so interesting because um so I've been trying to not successfully um, yet like give up and um, you know so much of my friends and my family you know as part of my culture both my Indian culture and um, is so much around eating and drinking um, which I love I mean I love you know seeing everybody but that so much of that is to do with drinking and I think for me I actually didn't drink very much in one and two because I was by myself and I never used to drink really on my own and so it was fine it was only the third one was when I started to do my business so I decided that I needed a drink to get me through that but um and this year coming into January I was like I really want to start to really think about giving up but I turned 40 and I sort of said to people oh you know I'm happy to like celebrate with you I just don't want it to be massively around drinking and I swear nobody took that in like nobody took that yeah nobody heard it but like and I felt and they organized such lovely things with me but they was like afternoon tea with 
uh, Prosecco and they were like oh you don't have to have it but I just felt so obligated <laughs> I was like oh no I've got to or you know I had like a you know I had like they organized lovely things even my Hindu was bottomless but I was just like I just thought it was so funny that like even me saying oh yeah I don't really want it to be centered around drinking like nobody even knows what that means and they're like you know you don't have to drink I'm like it's going to take the willpower of like a lot more than I've got right now to be able to not in this moment Absolutely. And, you know, willpower is finite. Willpower runs out for everybody Mm. in whatever we're talking about, you know, whether it were to stop drinking, to stop eating sugar, whatever the thing is. Willpower for some people is five seconds long and willpower for other people, you know, might last days, weeks or months. But that is hard. That is hard firing off willpower. And actually the stuff that really works, one of the magic pieces of work that I do with my clients is about moving from that white knuckling willpower way of trying to do it and actually really living in your values and choosing the right language. So for me, it was never about giving up alcohol because I recognised that I had so much to gain. So choosing the language you know there are so many different words we can use it could be alcohol free it could be sober it could be taking a break it could be forever it could be for now um you know the aa school of thought or not aa exclusively but is about taking it one day at a time that Mm. works great for some people somebody else might say i'm never drinking again and if that works fabulously for them that's brilliant as well but actually for me what really worked was working in small goal increments um so my original mission was actually to have a year alcohol free which I realize in itself doesn't sound like a tiny goal but I thought right I'm gonna try I'd like to do a year-long experiment and see how it feels and I didn't have any ideas about what would happen at the end of it I wasn't talking about giving up forever or never drinking again and then I got through that year by breaking it down into smaller goals because I wanted the language to sound good and I wanted to feel really good about the experiment that I had in front of me I didn't want to feel like I was depriving myself or you know having something taken away from me I didn't want to be in situations where um, you know somebody would say oh you know we're all gonna drink whatever but you don't have to I, I started to take control a bit more of putting forward the choices for the social events and saying, you know, oh, how about we go and do such and such a walk, you know, go for a long walk on Saturday afternoon instead of spending Saturday evening in the pub followed by Sunday morning in bed. And so, <laughs> you know, it, it was it, it was selfish in as much as it was me engineering what some of the social activities look like but it was about give and take in our relationships as well so when we did have a big night out I was still there you know enjoying the big night out in the same way that I ever had done but I just wasn't sharing the the kind of table bottles of wine I was getting my own drinks and and I think one of the ways that really helped me through that was you know in a pub now you can order a really fancy tonic water in one of those nice big gin and tonic um, glasses you know with a slice and with the ice so you actually don't feel like a toddler drinking an orange juice in a plastic cup you know you can I I didn't want to look 
like I was different. I wanted yeah. to look the same as everybody else. Well, that's why we do it as well, to be included. But yeah. so for some people that are listening, that might be like, oh, okay, well, I think I've definitely maybe hit it harder than I used to. And maybe it's something they're thinking about. So what made you, what, what came, what, what happened for you to make you decide to do that experiment? Yeah, um, I one thing I really love to say at, at the front of this this story is that I think as a society we have a bit of a hang up on people having rock bottoms, and you know we understand why people stop drinking when they crash their car drunk driving, or when they blow up their relationship because of their alcohol consumption, or when they you know lose their job because they got breathalyzed at work or whatever the thing is and these things are referred to you know as the the rock bottom the thing that pushed them over the edge or you know there's an intervention and somebody ends up in rehab or whatever that was not my story um and and i really want to be able to to say to people that we can choose to make a a choice to change from a much better place than rock bottom you know, you don't have to go all the way down to push back up. You're so often so much better off making a decision, perhaps when you can see rock bottom is in sight, but you don't have to bump into it. Um, for me, it was a series of realisations rather than one defining moment. It was another hideous hangover, you know, which was no different than many of the ones that had gone before. Um, it was sitting on the sofa one Friday evening in particular where my husband and I you know were drinking wine on the sofa watching something on the tv at, you know about nine o'clock at night you know having had a long and tiring week at work um the kids were knocking around around the house and the dog and whatever and I suddenly had this realization that I was drinking in that situation at that moment to relax after mm. a busy working week to change gear to numb out a bit and I kind of looked around and I thought oh everything in this house everything in my world right now is everything I ever dreamed of I have got a lovely lovely place to live in a beautiful town and I'm married to one of the nicest people on the planet and I've got two kids and I've got a dog honestly what what else why do I need to escape from this? Why do I need to escape from this? And yeah. like it was just one of those moments where I was like, I suddenly realised that, you know, two or three glasses of wine in, I was on a different emotional field than where my kids were. And, and kids really feel, kids are so in tune, you know, they absolutely recognise when people aren't quite, you know, um, on you know, in the same emotional place as they are. And so although I was in the room and I would have told you I wasn't drunk, I was not emotionally available to my kids in the best possible way that I could have been. Mm. Um, you know, there were definitely incidences of, you know, throwing up on the way home from nights out. There were definite, you know, leaving phones in back of taxi things. And, and I was kind of 39, nearly 40 at this point. And I was just like, you know, really it, it I, I knew I could carry on like that for another 10 or 20 years and nobody would would have anything bad 
to say about it you know it's it's the way that a lot of my friends and and peers behave you know there was no our society our society runs like that don't we yeah yeah um very normal yeah yeah very normal two two things had happened that that were um dreadful experiences that i'd had um you know just as i was turning 40 as far as family were concerned and I also knew that people were looking at me and saying it would be no wonder why she was drinking like that at the moment because really stressful stuff that was out of my control had happened Mm. I absolutely knew that people were feeling um, anxious for me you know which way stuff might have gone at that point Um, I was really aware that hormonally my body was changing I'm 44 now but you know was looking at 40 at the time and um I recognize I was doing all of the things like the yoga the running drinking the green smoothie remembering to take the vitamins um you know (laughs) bit of meditation bit of mindfulness what is the point in doing any of that stuff if you are then gonna neck what is poison at the end of the day? Why bother? Mm, mm, so true. So that's the answer. The question of what was it in particular? It was a series of little realizations. You're just ha- well, you just because uh, I think I'll go through something similar when you're just like watching yourself really slowly, and you're just like, but why am I? It's <laughs> like all the and also why am I not able to just stop at one? Like yeah. why do I need to numb out so much more? Or yeah. what is going on underneath that? Yeah. it's so true isn't it and I think and 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 also like um, there was a day when you didn't used to drink a load of wine at the end of the day that's come over time that's just been a habit that's been forming for such a long time that that has become not just your like society's way of dealing with you know struggle or yeah. not even struggle just being tired yeah definitely yeah Absolutely. Like we don't have the toolbox, do we, really, mm-hmm. to be like, okay, I feel really tired. How do I transition into my day? Well, that's mm-hmm. we've literally been conditioned with that message of drinking is for that reason since we were so young. Yeah, yeah. and all of that, you know, wine o'clock stuff and the hurrah for gin, you know, that, that has done us such a disservice. You know, the, the thing at the end of the day where, you know, this was me also you know that sentence of oh I really need a drink you know can we stop and reconsider that what do we need you know why are we afraid to ask for what we actually want and Mm. is what we need a cuddle a bath a walk around the block you know there are so many alternatives to needing a drink and we just need to find the right vocabulary as you say you know look what what do we want in our toolbox to be able to really Mm. help us through you know that time period at the end of the day you know that kind of five o'clock um you know conversation that people often have in their own head that is the one that starts off oh I need a drink and the other you know and then oh but it's only Wednesday shouldn't I wait till Friday oh you're not that bad only have one glass you know all of this stuff it's such a drain it's such a drain it's emotional um, conversations in our head that we don't need to have mm. and what it does as well is like when we do you know I find this with myself that it, you know when when we go to rely on that whatever our substance is whether it be food or drink or whatever to 
take away our emotional feeling that we're having we don't actually we numb that out and then we don't get to actually learn about ourselves and you know what are the things that we need in order to soothe ourselves I mean so much of my work I do with clients and I'm sure this is the same for you is I'm teaching people how to find the things they need to be able to emotionally regulate because they have got like about two things in there yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to hear people say things like, oh, you need to sit with your feelings. <laughs> and then you, I kind of look around myself and go, uh, you know, is that a useful piece of advice? It's really useful if somebody knows if sit with my feelings is a shorthand for somebody that they understand what that act- activity actually is. But if you've, if, if nobody has ever helped you to understand how you might start to even identify your feelings before you start to unpick them a bit and then find a comfortable way to look at them, to talk about them out loud is so important to be able to perhaps write about them or, or whatever activity it is that you're going to do. Yeah, people need help with that. We, you know, this is the stuff that we haven't been shown we haven't been taught in school other people haven't spoken to us about no exactly and our families our parents didn't Mm -hmm. have those tools themselves so they would have been using drink or food or whatever it was or overworking or whatever the thing is to sort of escape themselves and that's what we're doing we're actually just escaping ourselves and with the pandemic where you know we all felt that really high overwhelm that stress I can't even imagine I could barely look after meet myself and the cat and Simon rather than small children during that period well I know I know friends that were like I'm just having wine at two o'clock I think that became a thing because it was like a method of survival because what else did people have in their toolkit to be able to get through that time and I think we've got to give ourselves a pat out on the back for surviving a really difficult period now we get to look at our behaviors and our habits and be like are they actually serving us are they actually and I think we've all come out of the last couple of years with some stuff going on that we're like okay maybe we need to rein that in like you know or maybe I'm still struggling with loneliness I think something I was talking about this with a friend the other day and you know I have I'm like yourself and been in denial about it for years that I'm more introverted I love people but I have to be in the right sort of energy space for it and now that the world's opened up again and seeing people I can notice my social anxiety comes up so the way that I've been like oh I, I don't I feel a bit anxious about going and being around that many people like one-to-one is fine but oh my god I'm going to need a drink to get through that it's just I've already noticing so that might be something that people are noticing that actually coming out of the last few years is hard as well because seeing people is actually seeing our fam- some of our family is really triggering and people like that and all of that and going back in the office and all of those things yeah yeah absolutely I think you know there's so many different um each of those will be different for every single person um, yeah and and definitely I, th- I think for me one of those along with the loneliness and isolation thing I think definitely that overwhelm um feeling was one that I'm really uncomfortable with um and was definitely something I used to used to drink to try and push down and since um being alcohol free I then got into and and this is a pattern I had been working whilst I was still drinking was a big one of of overwork and so 
the overwork became almost a bit more exposed when the alcohol was taken out and and that's still a massive work in progress i one of my favorite phrases is that we are human beings not human doings Mm. um and i was a one for a massive to-do list you know live and but die by a enormous list of stuff that just felt hamster wheely constant and it was both personal and professional but always an ongoing set of tasks that didn't leave me much time in my life to just stop be still too much stuff and and actually consciously deciding to do less has been really important yeah because I mean I and again I think this as a culture as a society we are like literally when you have a crazy to-do list and you're going from each task you are pumping adrenaline and cortisol for your body all of the time it's actually really stressful so that's why then we're using the alcohol to almost try to calm that down but really what about if we just stopped rushing around so much that maybe you wouldn't need the drink to save you from the day yeah yeah I've found that as well I'm a, I have definitely been um sort of with since I've started like doing my own business like the overworking because I love it so much I'm sure you love what you do as well and then I get so caught up in that um but then you know a few hours have gone and I haven't had a glass of water and um, my heart's racing because I'm going oh I'm running into a call and I'm going to go do this and I'm going to do that and it's so exhausting but you know just stopping like one day I just sat and did like coloring for like two hours and it was just so nice (laughs) I could just I'm not doing anything I don't have to achieve anything yeah it's great yeah and those beautiful repetitive activities the coloring you know the walking the running the slow yoga moves all of those are so lovely and regulating on our Mm. body yeah yeah more of that and we don't yeah we just don't do a lot of that at all um so for you I bet as a somebody so you've been alcohol free for three is it three uh two and a two years and coming up to six months yeah so when you are struggling with difficult emotions like loneliness Mm -hmm. say or just struggling with your mental health um what what are your go-tos now that you don't have booze anymore um so I have a really useful sticker in the inside of my cupboard that um, says HALT on it, HALT as in stop, H-A-L-T, and HALT stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and those are definitely my top um, activating feelings that would push me towards, in in the olden days, drinking, but now I would go into my cupboard and look for the problem to solve my feeling and it if I'm hungry I absolutely know that I can make myself a really delicious snack if I'm angry I want to have a closer look at what that is about if I'm lonely absolutely I've gone back to phoning my best friends um so we've had years and years of texting and whatsapping each other but you know 10 years ago we used to phone each other more often and we've gone back to to doing that yeah that makes such a difference I love freaking phone calls yeah and and tired if you are tired the solution is sitting down and resting the solution is not you know looking in the cupboard for something to eat i i often think you know that instinctive action of opening the cupboard you know is not about the food that is inside the cupboard or the drink that is inside the cupboard it is about looking to to solve a problem you know you're not you're probably not hungry it's about something else 
Um, I always have at least a pint of water in the middle of the afternoon. Um, I drink water regularly through the day, but always at least a pint of, of water in the afternoon and a good snack mid-afternoon so that I'm not having a sugar crash by five, six o'clock, which is when people might be mistaking their desire for an alcoholic drink for actually thirst or needing needing some sugar. Because if you neck that first glass of wine you know actually you'd have been better off if you weren't thirsty in the first place and as far as you know the the other feelings that I'm addressing I've got a really lovely community of other sober coaches that I work alongside so we chat to each other it's definitely about sharing experiences mm. you know back in 2019 when I thought to myself I'm going to knock drinking on the head. It felt like a really private shame because nobody else that I knew was saying the same thing. And I now refuse to feel guilty or shameful about it. I'm really proudly just not having a drink. You know, this mm. isn't how I live my life. I have got a different way of living that feels so much better. So, you know, standing standing true to that is is what I want to do. And in any given day as well, I'm never saying I'm never drinking again. I am saying I absolutely am not having a drink today. Um, and, you know, that always works because I know that I can't think of a single good reason why it would help me out. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. I love that. And also not drinking has given you a whole like new job isn't it because yeah. you've given up recently your old job so tell us a bit about that because I always find that really inspiration when people go from a transformation of changing something like I feel like you f can find yourself in it and then start to find work that's more meaningful mm -hmm. uh, which could have been a reason why we drink in the first place which I think was definitely one of mine not liking my job yeah yeah definitely um so the last 12 years um I've worked in youth justice um, and a big part of my role has been mentoring and coaching um with the people that I work with and very often about substance substances as well um and so after I had I was probably about I don't know maybe nearly a year alcohol free and I just came around to that decision that I really recognized so many of the things in the sober communities that I hang out in were things that I could offer insight into and um, support skills knowledge and so um, I then did um, some specific coach training that was around um that was around sober coaching um and then the opportunity came up um for voluntary severance from my role um in local government um and it just felt like too good an opportunity not to take up um so yeah now i work for myself i also work in a community interest company and I also coach for a charity, um, a homeless charity as their recovery coach. And that feels really lovely because it means I have got um, my own business that um, I really, I work with my clients in my business just on a one-to-one -one basis. I really love that powerful connection and we always do a three-month package together. Um, but then in the community and the charity that I work for, that gives me an opportunity to be part of some teams and to never feel isolated so it feels like a really good balance 
Yeah, I love it. And you're like smiling away when you talk about it, which is fabulous. It's so great. And that's the thing as well, um, someone else that I've had on the podcast, how much time they have now they don't drink. Have you experienced that? Oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, I never would have told you that I was wasting my time drinking. You know, if I was out with my girlfriends, then I was having a great time with them. Now, when we're out together, we tend to be doing, in, in the main, something that is generally like going for a lovely walk or whatever which which feels like a much better connection because we come away from a walk together having really discussed whatever is going on in our lives on a much deeper level and we remember it the next day and we catch up with each other about how things are going the time that I was spending sitting on the sofa drinking I would have said to you I was connecting with my husband while we were sitting having a drink together but actually we weren't we were watching mindless stuff on tv and we weren't talking to each other in those periods necessarily so that time saving not drinking then means that we are actually a bit more connected chatting to each other in the evenings I had the time during lockdown to actually build my business in the evenings on the side instead Mm. of drinking whilst I was still working in another job. Mm. Um, So now that um, I'm not working in the other job, that means that my life has got so much more balance back into it. Feels yeah great. it's amazing that's so inspirational I love it um so any of your um top tips for people that have been struggling during this time coming out of all the hundred lockdowns and drinking a little bit what how can they start what's those small steps that they can take um so first of all I would really reassure anybody that they are absolutely not alone in this um to definitely Um, get online there are some amazing sober communities in social media um, to really look for people who are a few steps ahead of them who they can see as a shining light somebody who they'd like a little bit of what that person in front of them has got living a alcohol-free life that looks joyful and colorful and amazing because I for sure am not out there touting a life that looks like oh if you give up alcohol you are going to be unfortunately slightly miserable lonely and probably a bit boring that is not (laughs) (laughs) what this is about I'm the opposite of that you know in giving up one thing you can have so much more so go out online find those other people that look and sound like what you would like to be heading in the direction of and follow them there are some fabulous and amazing sober podcasts there are some fabulous resources and books um so um you know if ever anyone wants to message me email me dm me i've got a long list of books documentaries films that are great to watch follow people's blogs find anybody that you fancy who's inspiring and give give them a follow and you know sober coaching was not something that I even knew was in existence when I was um in 2019 I just had to figure a way out myself and the only thing I knew I didn't want to do was join an AA meeting mm. which is not because I've got any kind of I I absolutely say there are many ways to recovery and everybody should find the path that feels fabulous for them um but 
you know there are people out there who are available willing and able to help so seek them out as well yeah definitely that's my always when you're really struggling with something just make that investment into yourself and you know get some help because we obviously spend money on booze and going out and drinking and stuff you'll make a saving when you give up so why not play that investment up front to get the support that you need it's a really important part of the process isn't it for sure um that's been lovely I love love talking about all of this it's gonna make me quit fully 100% I know it um (laughs) is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap Um, up yeah um so people can find me at drinklesslivebetter.com um that's my website and i'm really happy to be um followed or friended um on instagram and facebook that's where i hang out mostly and you also have a podcast so let's and not forget also about that have a podcast drink less live better <laughs> yes i will make sure i put all your details um into the episode notes but it's just been so lovely to chat i feel like so many people are just you know, it's been a really hard few years and we've all got our things that have been getting us through it. And now maybe we're starting to think about changing and becoming more, well, like you said before, it's becoming conscious of it as well. Like we can so mindlessly drink, but when we're conscious of like, oh, even that just becoming conscious about how much am I actually drinking? That's a, that's a step as well, isn't it? When you start to actually notice. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to be in denial about drinking too much because we do that comparison thing and say, oh, but I'm not drinking more than so-and-so. And, And, you know, that thing that people say all the time, oh, I'm not pouring uh, vodka on my cornflakes. One person's problem can be two bottles of wine a night. And the next person's problem can be half a bottle of wine a week. And they are still the same problem. If you mm. don't want to live like that, then there is an alternative way. And also, you know, in your, I think you know yourself when it is one. I think that's the thing, isn't it? You actually do know when your drinking is holding you back, maybe for some of the things that you want to do, because like it's taking away your energy or whatever. And a great thing I just thought of that we could end on is I'm sure that giving up alcohol and making this change, which change is always difficult when we bring it into our lives but it's given you so much so if you had to summarize what it's given you Mm. could you give us a few loads of things i'm sure um, (laughs) the whole hormone thing was a really quick change so i went from having all of these i suppose symptoms that i couldn't quite put my finger on and neither could the doctor knocking alcohol out was such a quick fix to feeling better better balanced um within about three weeks to a month i started to sleep so much better um i'd like to show you i know this is a podcast but i'd love everyone to see my <laughs> really nice looking skin <laughs> your skin does look lovely you'll be your picture your artwork is on you know your face is going to be on the artwork so don't worry <laughs> and, and so i suppose for me um i could really easily list out a whole bunch of um physical um um Uh, results that are so much better but also the emotional the low level anxiety has gone that brain fog that I was blaming on hormones has gone Um, and then also I would add into the mix the the physical the emotional but also the spiritual stuff Mm. Um, I do just feel much more peaceful I feel much more in tune with myself as a person you know I don't want to sound um you know like it's it's not a um it i suppose it's an experience that just makes me feel um like i'm so better balanced in my whole life which has got a lovely knock-on effect 
to all the people that are around me who spend yeah. time with me like your children right they must have yeah. noticed the difference of course yeah yeah because you've got more energy for them it's fabulous thank you so much for sharing your story and your amazing work with us and um, i'll be sure to give everyone your details if they want to like find out more about you thank you so much thank you it's been a pleasure thank you bye and there we have it guys an episode completed i hope you enjoyed it and it raised a load of awareness in your mind there was alarm bells going you were all like, ding, that's totally me. Cause that's what I was like when I started this journey. And that is the start of the process, finding out this information and realizing it has happened in your own life. So I really hope it was helpful. And before the next episode coming out next Wednesday, be sure to check us out on Instagram. So it's hearts underscore underscore happiness. Also, we have a YouTube channel where I share the videos I create for Instagram on. So you can check that out. They come on about once a week. And then we also have a Facebook group if you want to join to carry on the conversation. I want to create a community where we're all talking about our very real experiences and traumas. And then there is also my website called heartshappiness.co.uk, which you can check out to join our mailing list so that as I create new services and support tools for you all, you're the first to find out. And I have a freebie on there, so definitely check that out. It's five books that transformed my healing. So if you really want to kickstart and you know your life and the content in here, these books are like the basis of so much of my knowledge. So definitely check that out. And I will speak to you next week. I'm so excited to continue this journey with you to help you to find your own heart's happiness. Take care.